Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. God goes on in Jeremiah 31, 35, to sort of, to describe now, are we really sure this is going to happen? Well, he says, look, he said, Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for light by day, and the ordinance of noon and of the stars for a light by night, which divides the sea and the waves thereof, and, and the Lord of hosts is his name. And he said, If those ordinances depart from me, in other words, the sun doesn't rise in the morning, there's no more moon, there's no more stars, there, there's no more, you know, the sea and the waves. He said, If that happens, okay, then he says, then the seed of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured, so get your tape measurer out and try to measure heaven, and the foundations of the earth searched out, then I'll also cast off the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's why it says in Hosea 3.5, Hosea 3.5, afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God. See, so all of heaven is living in anticipation for this day when they can say these words here in verse 16. Jesus, brethren, have come. And that's why we're, that's why it's really important to go out and sow the seeds to the Jewish people. That's why we're having a conference on Jewish evangelism in February with, with Dr. Michael Brown and Ray Comfort and Dan Sered with Jews for Jesus and Steve Herzig from Friends of Israel. Why? to keep the fame alive on earth that is the talk of heaven, the looking forward to and the doing our part for to bring that about when all Israel will be saved. Now, we read about this famous saying in verse 16, which is Joseph's brethren are come, and it made Pharaoh happy. It made Pharaoh happy. It says that in verse 16. It pleased Pharaoh. Why do you think it pleased Pharaoh? He didn't know them. He didn't know who Joseph's brothers were. How come it, pre, it pleased Pharaoh, the, 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 why would it make Pharaoh happy that Joseph's brothers were come? Because Pharaoh loved Joseph. Pharaoh loved Joseph. And Pharaoh and Joseph's brothers, Pharaoh and Joseph's brother, they both converged on the same person, Joseph. So Pharaoh loves Joseph. Joseph loves his brothers. His brothers love Joseph. At least we can put that spin on it. And it's this convergence on Joseph that brought Pharaoh to love Joseph's brothers. Now, that's a very, very important illustration for us because God the Father loves the Lord Jesus as we know when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But then, and as the Lord Jesus said in John 3.35, John 3.35, the Father loveth the Son, and we love the Son, 
as it says in 1 Peter 1.8, 1 Peter 1.8, whom having not seen, you love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that makes God the Father love us because we love God the Son that loves us, just as we see here with Pharaoh. As a matter of fact, Pharaoh was looking forward to when Joseph would present his brothers to Pharaoh and his father. And that's an illustration for us, which you will in a couple chapters, that's an illustration for us of when the Lord Jesus is going to present us to God the Father, and he'll be able, because of his death for us, he'll be able to present us in a very special way, which is the way Sam loves to pray in Jude one twenty four. Jude one twenty four. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and he's able also to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. See, because of his death for us, the Lord Jesus will be able to present us faultless before the Father, and there's going to be a lot of happiness over that. That's going to be a great day. Now, verse 16 ends with three very important words. And it says, the fame thereof was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brethren are come, it pleased Pharaoh well, and his servants and his servants. Now, that's added for a purpose there. Not only it pleased Pharaoh, but it pleased Pharaoh's servants. Why did it please Pharaoh's servants? Why did it please Pharaoh's servants? Why do you think? Well, they were happy because Pharaoh was happy. <laughs> and what made Pharaoh happy made the servants happy. It's a very, very important little note there because it shows us what a faithful servant is. You know, a faithful servant is one who becomes married with the interests of his master, so he lets the interests of his master infect him so that the interests of the master becomes his interests. It's an illustration for us of how we can be a faithful servant. We all want to hear what the Lord said in Matthew 25, 23. His Lord said unto him, 25, 23, Well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, we all want to hear that. And so the question is, what do you need to do to hear that? What do you need to do that? How are you going to be faithful so you can hear that? Uh, and the key is the last three words in verse 16, and his servants. What pleases God pleases us. It's when what displeases God displeases us. And we see this in the angels, the angels who are faithful servants of God. And there's a scene that's described in Matthew 18.10. Matthew 18.10 says, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of the Father, which is in heaven. So here are little ones down here on earth, and God has assigned angels for them, that's what it says, to care for them, and we read that those angels are always beholding the face of God the Father in heaven, and as they see him, they reflect him, and they're like him so that those angels are pleased with what pleases God and they're displeased with what displeases God. And it all comes from Matthew 18.10, Matthew 18.10, in heaven, their angels do be always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. See, because the angels of God, they're always beholding the face of God the Father, they're like him. And when a sinner repents and a sinner is saved, the angels see the joy on God the Father's face, and they rejoice. Also, that's what it says in Luke 15, 10. 
Luke 15, 10 says, likewise I say unto you that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. So God the Father is happy when a person repents, and the angels see that. And God the Father is also happy when a person openly proclaims and says, here on earth, I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is, Christ is God, and he's the God of my life. He's really happy. That's called confessing him. And it says in Matthew 10.32, Matthew 10.32, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. So it's before the Father in heaven that he confesses, this person stood up for me on earth. But the angels are also happy when a person openly proclaims that he's a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And that's why the Lord Jesus also presents that person not only to God the Father, but to the angels. It says in Luke 12, 8, Luke 12, 8, And I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. So that's the key there. We can see how, how, uh, how we, we, if we look at that, we understand what's the key in our lives for how we become more and more like God. It says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all with an open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of God. And you put that together with 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, which says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the faith of Jesus Christ. We behold the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and then we're changed. Well, how do we look at the face of the Lord Jesus Christ in the scriptures, in the scriptures, that's where we see the glory of God. We see him, and then we're changed to be more and more like him. As a matter of fact, that's a good prayer to pray. Did I say that right? Yeah, a good prayer to pray. When you're sitting down with the scriptures, Lord, let me not just read the Bible. Lord, let me not just learn the Bible. Lord, let me behold your face in the Bible. And as I do, change me to become more like you. That's why it's so vital to live in the Bible, to be constantly looking at the face of God, finding out what makes him happy, what displeases him. That's the way that we will reflect more and more who God is. I know a person who's got a dog, and he has trained this dog to be an expert sheepdog. It's unbelievable. I mean, what this dog will do. And when I saw the dog the first time, I I thought to myself, the dog looks very nervous. But what he's doing is constantly looking up into the face of the trainer. And that dog doesn't look at you. He's just looking constantly at the face of his trainer to see what he does that pleases the trainer and what he does that disappoints the trainer. With just the face, the trainer can give commands to the dog what he should do. You know, that's an illustration for us of how we're to be looking at the Lord Jesus in the Scriptures keeping our eye on him to see what we do, to see what pleases him and what disappoints him. And this is the importance of the phrase in the Lord's Prayer when he said in Luke eleven twelve, Luke eleven twelve, he said unto them, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. The will of God done on earth happens when verse 16 happens to us and it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Where what pleases God pleases us and what displeases God displeases us. This is the marriage of God's will with our will where he's, he's the, the dominant. Now we see how Pharaoh now speaks. He speaks now in verse 17. Pharaoh says to Joseph, Say unto thy brethren, this do ye, laid your beasts, go and get you in the land of Canaan. Now, all we see here is that Pharaoh doesn't just communicate directly with Joseph's brothers. I mean, he could have just said, okay, call him in, I'm going to tell him this. No, he doesn't do that. He calls in Joseph. Pharaoh calls in Joseph, and he tells Joseph what his brothers are to do. That's an illustration of how God the Father tells the Lord Jesus, tells the Holy Spirit what we are to do. This is, this is an illustration of heaven's chain of command. This is, this is Pharaoh's chain of command, what we're reading about in verse 17. But what Pharaoh actually said was remarkable because, you know, it's one thing for, for Pharaoh to say, you tell your brothers to load up your beasts with food when there was a time of excess of food, but that wasn't the case now. This is now the middle of the famine. This is the time of the famine where food's getting a little scarce and it's being watched over very carefully. But Pharaoh has spoken that the famine should not stop their beasts from being loaded and loaded and loaded with food. And now he goes on to speak, Pharaoh does, in verse 18. And he says, "Tell your, take your father, your households, come unto me. I'll give you the good of the land and you shall eat the fat of the land. Now, Pharaoh says that Joseph's brothers should take Joseph's father, their households, and come to Pharaoh. That's remarkable. I mean, he's not saying to Joseph, okay, everybody's got a family, so Joseph, go get your family, take care of your family, because everyone should take care of the family. It's your duty. Go ahead, do what you need to do. Take care of them. Go ahead, bring them down to Egypt. Take care of them. Just keep them out of my hair. Okay? And, and I got enough trouble with my own people and my own family. <laughs> That's not what he was saying. What Pharaoh was saying is that they should come to me in verse 18. They said, come to me. Joseph said, they come to me. But Pharaoh said, no, come to me. Pharaoh is saying that Joseph's family should come to Pharaoh. Pharaoh wanted Joseph's family to come to Pharaoh. And Joseph stated that he wanted them to come to him. But then Pharaoh also stated he wanted them to come to him. And he told why. He wanted Joseph's family to come to him. Because in verse 18, when he says, take your father, your households, come to me. I will give you the good of the land of Egypt, and you shoot the fat thereof. So Pharaoh wants to personally give to Joseph's family the good of the land, which was Goshen. And Pharaoh wanted to personally make sure that Pharaoh's family ate the fat of the land of Egypt. That was what was in Pharaoh's heart. Now, you might say that it was Pharaoh was just uh, 100% on the same page as, as Joseph, and that Pharaoh and Joseph were both behind this goal to see the Jewish people be given the best land of Egypt and to eat the fat of the land. Now, you know, we could imagine how the brothers might have said to Joseph, I mean, in verse 10, Joseph said, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. You might, they might have said, what's a Goshen? You know, but they said, okay, you'll find out, it's beautiful. And thou shalt be near unto me. And then he said to them in verse 12, bring down my father hither. Now, you know, they might have, when they heard this, they might have said, hey, Joseph, 
I know that you want for our father and us and our families to come down to you in Egypt. Joseph, we know that you are the governor in Egypt. Joseph, we know that you want us to have the land of Goshen. But Joseph, we also know you are not the pharaoh in Egypt. As a matter of fact, you bought all the land in Egypt and gave it to Pharaoh. And as a matter of fact, we heard that Pharaoh said to you, which he did in, in Genesis 41-44, Genesis 41-44, when Pharaoh said, you'll be prime minister, but I am Pharaoh. He said, I am Pharaoh. So Joseph, we think it's great that you want us to come down to Egypt, but Joseph, what about Pharaoh? What about Pharaoh? I mean, the question here is, what does Pharaoh have to say about your generous offer to give us the best land of Egypt? After all, Joe, you're not Pharaoh. You're just the governor of the land. So what does Pharaoh have to say about giving us the land of Goshen that you speak about? I mean, don't get us wrong. We're very appreciative that you want to give us the land of Goshen, but aren't you trying to give us the Brooklyn Bridge? (laughs) And you don't own the Brooklyn Bridge to give it away. Now, that was a good question, and that was one that needed a good answer. And Joseph could not answer that question by himself. That answer could only come from Pharaoh himself, and Pharaoh himself did answer that question in verses 17 through 20, and that's why it's so important for Pharaoh to step forward at this point in verse 18 and say, come unto me, and I'll give you the good land of Egypt. You'll eat the fat of the land. So when Pharaoh said, then the brothers knew that Joseph could give them the land of Goshen for them to live in. But see, when Pharaoh said that, they said, okay, now we know you can give us the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, the same is true for us. The same is true for us. And this becomes a beautiful picture when we look at the scenario that's happening here in Genesis 45, and we see we are the brothers, and we see Joseph is the Lord Jesus, and we see God the Father as Pharaoh. See, the Lord Jesus, like Joseph, is very generous when he promises in, in John 14, 2 through 3, 14 through 3, where he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, that there you may be also. So just like the brothers, we could say to the Lord Jesus, Lord, that's very generous of you to give us a mansion in the Father's house, and we know that you want us to come to heaven, and we know that you are the Lord of lords and the King of kings, but Lord, we also know that you are not God the Father. And as a matter of fact, we heard you say in John fourteen twenty-eight, John fourteen twenty-eight, my Father is greater than I. So, Lord, we think it's great that you want us to come and live with you and you want to come and live in your father's house, but, but what about your father? Did you check this out with him? I mean, the question here is, what does God the Father have to say about your generous offer to give us one of the mansions in his house that you're going to prepare for us? I mean, after all, Lord, you're not God the Father, so what does God the Father have to say about giving us these mansions in his house that you're speaking about? Don't get us wrong. We're very appreciative you want to give us these mansions in the Father's house, but aren't you trying to give us the Brooklyn Bridge? And so this question makes us afraid. You know, maybe, you know. Anyway, as the brothers were afraid. So just as the question was answered by Pharaoh, so our question is answered by God the Father when the Lord Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, Luke 12, 32, fear not, don't be afraid. Fear not, little flock, It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
So just as Pharaoh said it was his will to give Joseph's family the best of the land in Goshen, it's God the Father's will to give us the kingdom as the Lord Jesus spoke of. And then notice what Pharaoh said in verses 18, when, verse 18, when he said, take your father, your households, come unto me, and I'll give you the good of the land of Egypt, and you'll eat of the fat of the land. So Pharaoh said that Joseph's family should come to him, and he would give him the land of Goshen. So now both Joseph and both Pharaoh are saying, come unto me, and I'll give. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Matthew eleven twenty-eight: come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laban, and I'll give you rest. So it's clear Joseph's family needs a place to live in. They need food to eat. They should come to Joseph and to Pharaoh. It's clear we need a place for our souls to call home. We need to be cared for eternally, protected. And it all comes as we come to the Lord Jesus. Joseph's family could not receive the land of Goshen and all the food and the protection unless they came to Joseph and Pharaoh. You know, Joseph's family couldn't say, can you just send all the food by UPS? And, 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 you know, and we'll appreciate it. We'll write you a nice thank you note. Do you have to have this come unto me part? But that's what people want today. They want to just come. They don't, they don't want to come to the Lord Jesus. They just want heaven without Jesus. They just want care and protection without Jesus. They just want eternal security and protection and avoidance of hell without Jesus. And that would be like Joseph's family saying, you know, we'll just kind of slip in the back way into Egypt. We'll go to Goshen. We don't have to stop by, you know, and see you and Pharaoh. Just leave the keys under the mat, you know, in Goshen, and we'll just settle in fine. Thank you very much. And that sounds kind of funny, but it's actually exactly what people are saying today. People today want heaven without Jesus. They want all this without Jesus. And there's, it's no more possible then if the brothers would have said, just leave the keys under the mat for Goshen, and you live in the palace, we'll live in Goshen, we'll send you a thank you note, we'll see each other once in a while. In fact, the less the better, thank you very much. As a matter of fact, it's this point of having to come to the Lord Jesus to receive all this that keeps people from receiving. They see the Lord Jesus as the great obstacle. I want that, but I don't want him. If he's in the way, sorry. See, I would come for eternal life if I didn't, if it didn't involve, if it did not involve coming to Jesus. It's a sore point for them. There's a sore point that the Lord Jesus addressed when he said in John 5.40, in John 5.40, you will not come to me that you might have life. And what it made it even worse was not only would they not come to him, but he went to them. He went to them. And it says in John 1.11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So when he came to them, invited them to come to him, they said, no, we will not receive you. What a tragedy. But that's the way it had to be. And as we see what Pharaoh said in the verse 18, he said, take your father, your households, come unto me, and I'll give you the good of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for so great a Savior, great a God as you are, Father. And gladly, Lord, we renounce everything within ourselves that resists you, that says, no, not you. We renounce that, Lord, and we come gladly to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 